Christian nationalism versus pagan nationalism, February 22nd, 2022. Given the lay of the land, I humbly recommend that every last one of you, indeed the whole lot from Dan to Beersheba, just go ahead and join the Christian Nationalist League. There are indeed those who would insist you not. They prefer the Christian League be not nationalist. Come to think of it, they probably don't like the idea of a Christian League at all. They would prefer that all of the Christians be free agents and only play fantasy baseball. But I make the daring claim that we are one nation under Yahweh, which is far better than being one nation under an arrogant group of people who think they are him. So yay to the Christian Nationalist League, if that's how people want to frame it. We could always call it the Christian American League, but let's face it, the designated hitter is lame. Okay, I am not actually advocating for a Christian political league. I'm not looking for a Christian party candidate. I have no interest in a Christian party flag. The American one will do just fine. The Star Spangled Banner, after all, was written by the Episcopalian Francis Scott Key, who also wrote the Christian hymn, Lord with Glowing Heart, I'd Praise Thee. He financed several parishes in the national capital and helped found Christian seminaries. The author of our very own national anthem was an old guard Christian nationalist. Look, we are all Christian nationalists now. Look no further than the Holston United Methodist Home for Children, a Christian adoption agency. This Christian adoption agency has a policy of serving only those who hold to their statement of faith, so they did not provide services to a non-Christian couple. CNN links such behavior to, you guessed it, Christian nationalism and white supremacy. This is an important case study for those Christians who have believed the lie that we can have a peaceful society without a theological and religious foundation. Let's huddle up for just a moment for a word from Coach. And yes, this is a Christian huddle. Coach says, Those who say that you can have a peace-loving nation apart from theological origins and ends are doing a little thing called fooling you. They have a vision for the nation that is rooted in their version of an objective standard. They are religious reformers, and they will not let you keep that little slice of land, that acreage where your home sits, or church gathers, or Christian Adoption Agency is headquartered. They are not going to let you have your quarter acre of religious liberty. Religious liberty is the kind of thing a Christian nation produces. And as C.S. Lewis has taught us, if you castrate, the geldings will not be fruitful. It is high time to point out the folly and hoopla over Christian nationalism. A quick search on the internet reveals the following titles. How Christian Nationalists Could Revive Trump's Big Lie in 2024. Christian Nationalism is Rooted in Stupid, Tough Guy Misogyny. How White Christian Nationalism is Part of the Freedom Convoy Protests. And all of those within the last week. The problem is, there are some Christians who feel the pressure and are tempted to say, No, we make no claims that America ought to be Christian. We are one nation under God. But that God is not the God of the Bible. He can be whoever you want him to be. The truth, however, is that he will not be whoever you want him to be. He is the living God. He is the God who set up every governor, city council, and legislature in our land. Every single government official is his minister and servant, Romans 13. And if Christians back down from that point, then they neglect their very duty to preach the word of God and teach the nations to observe all Christ has commanded. I have said this before, and it is no burden to repeat it. The civil authorities in America are servants of Yahweh and they must do what Yahweh says. They hold an office into which Yahweh has installed them, and they must fulfill that office according to Yahweh's law. 
we can debate what Yahweh has told them to do, and we need the Christian community to work that out. But we do not need the Christian community to pretend that Congress can ignore the God of the Bible and fulfill their job assignment. As Abraham Kuyper once said, the conflict has always been and will be until the end, Christianity or paganism, the idols or the living God. This holds true for the individual, the family, the culture of a nation, and the laws of the same. Kuyper had his complaints about a national church, but that is a different thing than a Christian nation. He held that there was such a thing, and living in a Christian nation increased one's obligations to Christ. Quote, the kingship of Jesus comes to you with a demand. It demands faithfulness, allegiance, and submission. It demands of you, especially in this Christian nation, that you confess him, that you stand up for him, that you plead for the honor of his name. If you will not have a Christian nation, then you will have a pagan one. Kuyper explains how the situation begins with pride. Quote, Popular sovereignty does not say in its heart, I take the place of Christ. Rather, it says something far different. I identify my own heart as the heart of God. I will be my own God. A nation that acknowledges our king rules over us by the grace of God is therefore at least a Christian nation. A nation that cries out, Away with the prince who rules by the grace of God, does not thereby cast off its Christian garment, but becomes entirely godless. Our nation is on the brink of becoming entirely godless. It is on the precipice of associating the God named on our money with a doorknob or whatever faux God pleases the spirit of the age. Such a spirit, a pagan spirit, will undoubtedly manifest itself in the culture and law of our nation. Quote, the spirit that opposes the sacred does indeed attempt to undermine also the earthly institution of government, to wrest it from God's grasp, and to turn it against him. More and more people are convinced that it is humanity itself, based on what it considers wise, that organizes a state and appoints governments to rule over it. The increasingly popular notion is that the people themselves determine law, that their will is the highest expression of will on earth. Law, so it is said, is what people approve as law. No one is allowed to speak any longer about a legal principle possessing eternal validity. Our present problem is further complicated by Christian infighting over natural and divine law, which as far as I can tell needs to turn into a friendly dialogue between both parties who stand together in the Christian Nationalist League. Aquinas himself grounds human law in divine law. Quote, Now both these conditions are verified of human law since it is both something ordained to an end and is a rule or measure, ruled or measured by a higher measure. And this higher measure is twofold, the divine law and the natural law. Notice that human law is a measure ruled by a higher measure. And what is that higher measure? Well, it is twofold, the divine law and the natural law. For all of the talk about natural law, I recommend that we step back and take Aquinas our Christian nationalist forefather, at his word. Human law must be measured by divine law as well as natural law. Thus, if you are going to install legislators and judges in your nation, they must establish human law and rule according to the higher measure. And what is the higher measure in which they must be educated? That's right, the divine law of the Christian God. You see, Aquinas wasn't talking about Baal God or Moloch God. He was talking about Yahweh God, the Christian God. There is no middle way. You will serve God or Baal. You will have Christian nationalism 
or Moloch nationalism. And Christians are starting to see this inescapable concept given all of the infant blood and the death chambers at Planned Parenthood. Pagan nationalism has resulted in decades of children being educated from godless presuppositions and in a godless worldview. Pagan nationalism has done the marvelous work of removing Bibles and prayer from schools. And what's more, it has influenced evangelicals such that they fear an effort to reinstitute Bible reading in schools would make them white supremacist misogynistic orcs. Pagan nationalism has been given over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Into the mess that pagan nationalism has brought upon us comes the simple Christian confession. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord of you and your children, your neighbors and your sheriff, your state and federal government, indeed, your whole nation. If such a claim makes one a Christian nationalist, then the Christian Nationalist League we are, and spring training is just around the corner. Before I go, I want to let you know about my page on Canon Plus. You can watch all of the Reformation and Revival videos there, and you can see a list of my favorite Canon Plus content. You can also get access to resources from Doug Wilson, Toby Sumter, and others. Just click the link in the description and take a look around. Uh,